Well, please do join me in opening up the Bible and turning to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4. And if you've got a church Bible, it's on page 977. And while you turn there, let me just uh, maybe encourage you a bit. As, I, as we were singing, I could see so many people looking in, and actually three people stopped just to listen. So just amazingly, we're just sharing the gospel with people by singing uh, this morning, which I hadn't really thought about before. So, But anyway, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're in verses 1 to 16. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is God's word. Let's pray to God and ask him for help before we look at this together. Father God, we thank you that you have given us uh, your word, that you care for us. We pray this morning that you would help us to hear your voice. Pray that you would open our hearts. Make this helpful and edifying for us, both individually and as a a church family, as members of the, the body of Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, over the the summer, we're going to be looking at the second half of Ephesians together. 
And this morning, you'll see on the order of service, I've given the sermon the title Unity, because as we've just read, unity is very important to Paul, and here's why. If we all work together, we all grow together. If we all work together, we all grow together. And the argument for this comes from the passage in in three points. Firstly, through the gospel, we become living members of Christ's body. We're living members of Christ's body. Ultimately, which is the second point, Christ is the one who provides, protects, and preserves us. But, point three, we all have a duty to work together because this is how we grow together. We're all living members of Christ's body. Christ provides, protects, and preserves us, and we work together to grow together. And here's what grow means. Growing in spiritual maturity. Building the body up into Christ in love. So let's start with the first part of that argument in verses 1 to 6. What is the connection between Christ and his body and ours? Well, understanding that connection is the gospel. Christ's body was raised from the grave, and he is now in the presence of his Father in heaven. And just as Paul says back in chapter 2, from verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us up with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. By the gospel, we not only receive spiritual life, but a life that is in Christ. We are created as new in his body. And by this gospel, he he has prepared for us a place in heaven to have eternal life with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Eternal life in glory with God. That reality should hit us like a cold shower every morning. This is what we receive in Christ by becoming a a living member of his body. And because this is true of every believer, it's important to realize there's a connection between you as an individual and every member who believes in God. And that means we must look after each other as members of the same body. We're to look after each other. And this looks like verse two and three, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Because we're all living members of Christ's body, we must work together in a way that brings us closer together. But if you're not convinced, let's take a moment to consider the alternative to that. Individuals in isolation, separated from one another. Apart from the theology, this leaves leaves you vulnerable. Remember when Christ was praying in the garden just before he was arrested? 
he called on Peter and others to stay alert and watch out. But they fell asleep. Later, Peter would then go on to write in a letter uh, something that you, you just can't help but think back to that moment. He says, Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Being watchful includes watching out for each other. Checking our behavior to one another. That means loving one another, keeping each other close. Being prideful, being harsh, being impatient. That will only push people away from you and leave you isolated. Let's not do that. Disunity is dangerous. The enemy prowls around seeking to snatch the isolated and the vulnerable. I mean, you even see this dynamic with animals in the wild, right? Trying to uh, avoid the attack of an actual lion. We're all living members of Christ's body, and so we must be eager to maintain unity. But unless we treat each other with this humility, gentleness, with patience, it's not bearing one another in love, nor are we eager to keep unity between us, and that leaves us in a, a vulnerable position. Thankfully, it is Christ who will ultimately provide and protect and preserve us. This is point two, and we're now looking at the section from seven to ten. And the quotation that you see is from Psalm 68. Um, it's where uh, God is praised for his victory over his enemies and how God led a procession of his captives behind him as he ascended into heaven. And Paul uses this psalm to say something about Christ. After Christ's victory at the cross uh, and he ascended into glory, Christ then poured out gifts for the members of his body. And that thinking flows into verses 9 and 10. I think here Paul is referring to Christ's incarnation his resurrection, and his ascension into glory. Christ came down and took on flesh. He won the spiritual battle, and he rose up into glory so that he might fill all things. And in completing this journey, Christ has secured for us a safe road to make that same journey to glory. Because Christ came down and took on flesh, became human, and because he won the spiritual battle and rose into glory, he has secured for us a safe road to make that same journey to glory. Christ provides, he protects, and he preserves us. Christ provides in the sense that he's not left us on our own with nothing but our, our weak efforts. Chapter 1 we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. We're made holy, adopted into God's family. We're made righteous. We're redeemed. We're forgiven. We have a share in the internal inheritance. We're sealed and given the Holy Spirit to live in us. We're freed from the slavery of sin. We're given new life. We're joined together. He gives us knowledge of God and his love for us. But also... What Paul is saying in our passage today is that Christ gave gifts 
to the members of his body so the members of his body could work together and grow together. Christ provides in so many ways, including gifts uh, given to his church, but he also protects. Christ protects in the sense that the enemy does prowl and seek uh, to snatch the isolated and the vulnerable. But he is an enemy who's under Christ's authority. This is a major part of what Christ achieved. The enemy may seek us, but together in Christ we have refuge. Whatever happens on this road, on this pilgrimage, however difficult or painful it gets, we can be assured and confident in our Savior and in the security of what waits for us in the end. Christ provides and he protects. And he also preserves us. He preserves us because the stark reality of all our imperfections as a church, our disagreements, our sin, all the burdens we carry, not just as a church family, but as individuals in our own personal lives with our own families, this can be very overwhelming. And we can be pushed to the point of struggling with temptation and giving in to sin. But Christ is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He has in every respect been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He knows the road we take to glory like the back of his hand. He knows it because he walked it and he finished it. He knows how to, how to lead us on this road. And he also knows how to get us to the end. And anyone here today who is yet to take that first step with him on the journey, he invites you today. Anyone that we know of that hasn't taken that first step, we can pray for them that they would take that first step today. And on the road, on the journey, Christ remains with us. And he'll be there waiting for us when we make it. Waiting to welcome us home at the end of the road when we join him in glory. We're not members of an organization, a team, a club. We're members of Christ's body, united to him by the Holy Spirit of God. And we can be certain and assured that ultimately Christ will build his church. He provides, he protects, and he preserves us as his body. And that means as we work together, there can be a real freedom from guilt or shame. There can be a real joy, a real sense of peace and grace as we work together to grow in his grace together. And we're on our, our final point now, but... As we look at verses 11 to 16, I want to avoid getting too bogged down in verse 11. There's plenty of resources that are out there that discuss verse 11 systematically that consider these specific roles. What we need to focus on this morning is what uh, the, the primary focus is for Paul, and that is how Christ gave those of verse 11 to equip the people of verse 12 for the purpose of verse 13. 
Christ gave those of verse 11 to equip the people of verse 12 for the purpose of verse 13. Let's read them out together. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Paul wanted the Ephesians to know Christ put to work the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to build the foundations of the church, to equip all the saints, all of them, so they could all work hard, building on those foundations and building up the body. Why did he want them to know this? Well, in Acts 19 and 20, we learn that the Ephesian Christians were, they were formed out of this incredible spirit powered ministry of the people like verse 11. And, and Paul himself spent so much time giving them God's word uh, that one day Paul was preaching for so long that someone passed out from exhaustion and fell out of the window. These were the good old days. But now, but now Paul isn't with them. He's in prison. And as a, as a church, they're facing the stark reality of being very ordinary. A community that has imperfections, challenges. But Paul reminds them what Christ has given is there to equip them, to equip all the saints for the work of ministry. Each member of the body of Christ is called to work hard to minister to each other, not just the preacher, not just the, the full-time pastor or whatever you, whatever you call him, not just the elder. There is a role and a purpose and a place for everyone to work together to build up the body of Christ. Another way of saying it is that we're all called to serve each other. We're called to serve each other. So question... You might already know how you, you serve and minister. But who can you be helping to find their gift for serving? Who can you be helping to develop in the way that they serve? Maybe you aren't sure what ministry looks like for you. So the question is, is there someone you can go to that you trust and respect and ask them, what could be my, my ministry? What could be my role in this community? And it's, it's not just a, a nice thing to do. We, we need to help everyone develop in this way because we rely on each other. We rely on, this, on the unity of the community to develop in faith and knowledge of the Son of God because when we grow in faith and knowledge, we grow spiritually mature. Unity is connected to spiritual maturity. And if you flip that, that means without unity, if we're not working together, united in faith and knowledge of Christ, well, then there must be a danger of immaturity. Now, 
Don't get me wrong, when you, when you come to faith, there is a time of immaturity. But remaining spiritually immature, remaining spiritually like a child, that's not a good thing. Look at, look at verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. While we're spiritually immature, we're vulnerable. We're unable to discern what is right, what is wrong. We're at the mercy of false teachers. We're vulnerable to the the bad influence of people who are disobedient to God's word. We're just totally lost, going the wrong way, and we might not even realize it. I often uh, describe to people what I think maturity is in the Christian life by looking at my own journey in the beginning. I had most of my, my friends were not Christian and they loved going out, they loved going to the pub, they loved going clubbing, and they were constantly inviting me to go. And I had to say no, not because, you know, the Bible says don't go to the pub, but because for me to be in that environment at that young age, I was just too immature to be able to, to resist, to stay strong. And I, you know, the, the times I did go to the pub, I would just come home. I was totally lost. I was all over the place. I was, I was worried. I didn't know what I'd done. It's just immaturity. But that can't go on forever. Rather than verse 15 and 16, rather speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This was what was a great help for me, and I'm sure all of you at one stage, by just indulging in the gifts of the church family, taking me into their care, speaking the truth in love to me. Speak the truth, but do it in love. Never separate those. Truth and love together will grow the body of Christ. Someone recently said to me, that they would want Ephesians 4:13 to 16 on their headstone above their grave. And I was reflecting on that image of these words above someone's grave, and it made me think about something I once read by J.C. Ryle. Let me, let me read it out for you. All things are growing older. The world is growing old. We ourselves are growing older. A few more summers, a few more winters, a few more sicknesses, a few more sorrows, a few more weddings, a few more funerals, a few more meetings, and a few more partings. And then what? Why, the grass will be growing over our graves. I think what he means is that time moves forward even if we don't want to. And so how will we make use of this little time that we have together? 
the thing that transforms the way we use our time together in our present life, being passionate and serious about growing up into Christ, is by looking to our future life, what waits for us beyond the grave. To have our minds fixed on the future, to have a real deep belief in what comes after death, it shapes and drives the way we live today. What we value and decide is worth our time and energy now depends on our faith and knowledge in the Son of God and whether he has provided for us a future, a future where we rise from the grave into glory. As time passes in this, this life, as these bodies grow uh, old and tired and weary, we must be working together to make sure we've been building on rock and not on sand. If we were to stand by... Uh, the grave of someone we've, we've walked through life with, and we were to read these words of the Bible, we would want to be confident we did everything for that person to grow up into Christ so that they would be raised up in glory. We work together to grow together. Because we're all living members of Christ's body, we all have a duty and a responsibility of care for each other. Ultimately, ultimately, Christ builds his church. Christ is in charge, and that should give us a great assurance. It should lift any burden of guilt or anxiety. It should give us a real sense of peace. That's the glorious grace of God. But we are also... Down on the ground, we're called and we're equipped by God's word to work together, to develop unity of faith and knowledge, to no longer be children, no longer undiscerning and unstable and vulnerable, but instead growing with integrity, speaking the truth in love to one another, behaving with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing one another in love. Into this kind of loving community is what the gospel offers. It's what the gospel brings. To respond to the gospel is to enter into this community of servants. And to live a full gospel life is to never stop working together, to grow together. Growing in spiritual maturity, building the body up into Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for your grace that in Christ you have justified us, you have made us righteous, but you have not left us alone. That you have equipped us to, to keep growing. That you will be with us on this great pilgrimage that we make as you welcome us home at the end of all times. We pray this morning Father, that as an imperfect group of Christians with disagreements, weaknesses, we pray that you would help us to be united in faith and knowledge of your Son. We pray that your Spirit would do his work amongst us. 
pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.